As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome into the Under Center Podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes alongside Jim Miller and Alex Brown. The Bears lose 20-12 to to the New Orleans Saints. There's a lot I want to talk about with you guys inside the podcast today, but I, w- I want to start with Mitchell Trubisky and how he performed. Jim, what was the good and what was the bad? Well, I think the good is, again, the athleticism. You can see he's understanding blitzes. He's stepping up in the pocket. The one was a blitz zero where he gets the squirts out the other side and has the big run. Um, I think the bad is he's under 50% passing, needs to get better at that and hitting open receivers, whether it's the last one in the two-minute drive uh, with uh, Trey coming out on, on the in-cut. You know, he's got to be able to hold on to that and, and hit that in-cut or the one on the overthrow uh, to Tariq Cohen. I think that's, you know, for most quarterbacks, that's just automatic. But I, I think what you see, I think when you see him in the post-game press conference, he knows he can make those plays. And it's just a matter of time. When is he going to start making those plays consistently? Because for him, I, I just think he's gaining confidence. You can see the game is slowing down to him. But now how quickly is it going to slow down where he can start to make plays that are really expected of him? And he, he knows he's good enough to make them. One of the things I love to hear you talk about is the idea of the two-minute drill yeah. and what it's like for quarterbacks to run it. What things have you seen from Mitch that he needs to improve on when it comes to the two-minute drill? Well, I think even, even on that in-cut, we've seen him in two games throw early interceptions on early downs. Minnesota was on a first and 10. This is a, on a second and 15 play. You're, if it's there, yeah, try to go for the 15, but you better make an accurate throw if you're going to make it. Otherwise, just understand that you still have two more downs to get the first down. It's not, all, it's not all or nothing where all your chips are in the table uh, on one place. So understand weighing the risks and rewards because what to me what the Saints were doing was playing a lot of prevent, which means there's easy uh, completions underneath and then, you know, just start to matriculate the ball down the field, then take your shots once the clock becomes more of a factor and when it's more of a pressure point at that point. And I, I think he understands that. Even, even today, I, I'm not upset about that throw on the in cut. He was just inaccurate on the throw. He can make that throw, but it's just biding the time, understanding that your receiver's got to see you coming out, and he could have held it for maybe a half a second more where he could have, you know, helped his receiver and put him in a better spot in terms of the accuracy of it. Alex, Mitch said something in postgame I thought was really interesting. He was talking about the defense and talking about how over the last couple of weeks they've looked at teams on tape and teams have done things differently than what they were expecting from the tape. You're a defensive guy. How does that mechanism work where you have a young rookie quarterback and you say, you know what, we're going to mess with him a little bit and show him stuff that we haven't already put on film? That's uh, when I played two places. So when I played for the Bears, it, it was different, totally different. We, we did what we did. That's it, especially when we were good. We weren't changing anything. We didn't care who came in here. We're going to do what we do. So what you saw on film, if we were – Black and white, honestly, it was just we're going to get after you with our front four. 
And if you make a mistake, we're going to take advantage of it. And we're just going to be better than you are. We're just going to be can, better You can than know you. what we're going to do, exactly. and we're still going to stop exactly. We're going to cover two. That's it. You, I mean, you know, we're at third and 12, third and eight. We're going to cover two. If, if you pump the ball, our front four are going to get to you. you you're not going to be able to hold the ball. And that's the thing. That, that was our thing. Now, when I was at the Saints, it was totally different. So it was that we're going to – and we went into, let's say, the game before, the week before, and we had 30 plays. Okay, this is a rookie quarterback. Right, forget all that stuff we did against Tom Brady. Let's do this right here because this is going to trick him. This is going to make him like, a, like an Andrew Luck who, who they try to open up the playbook a little bit more to. So he has that control to change that uh, – change the protection to the left. So you make him think one thing. And then you change it, and in reality, it's coming from another side. So it looks like four is coming from one side. He changes it. I mean, before the snap of the ball, I know that Malcolm Jenkins is going to hit him in the back of the head because of the protection that he just changed it to. So we all understood that, and it was just like that's it's just different when you're in a three-four type of scheme than a four-three. Four-three is just I mean, you got two uh, two safeties, one come down. You know, you're in cover three or cover one. Uh, if both stay back, you're probably in uh, quarters or you're in a, a cover two uh, shell or something. So that's, that's what it is. When you, when you want to change something, it's usually for a rookie quarterback. Somebody like Jim, nah, we ain't changing anything, you know. Nah. <laughs> we do what we do. Yeah, we do what we do, baby, because he's yeah. he going to see it yeah. because it's not something that we're comfortable with. So he's going to see it, and he's going to beat us. He's going to know. A veteran-type quarterback, you don't do that stuff to. Jim, how does all of this stuff help Mitchell? Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's money in the bank. You know, it's something that is going to help him throughout his career tremendously. But I always bring up the, the word recall. He's going to see those blitzes again, and he's got to be able to recall because as guys practice today, coaches can't script every blitz for you to see. In every practice, you never get to one-on-one -on -one or the run game or your seven-on-seven -seven drills because there's so many different looks that they can present you to, but you have to, meant to have the mental Rolodex to have the answers for him. So he's already been presented some blitzes that have beat him. Mm -hmm. The Baltimore backside blitz. He needs to create a mental Rolodex. Next time I see that blitz and I'm in this personnel grouping, I'm checking X, Y, or Z, and I'm prepared for it. Or I'm signaling a slant route to my receiver to that side where it's a quick outlet for me to throw the football where that blitz will never get to me. So I think from here on out, every time somebody gives them an anomaly or like what Alex said today, some hybrid defenses, He's going to have to create the mental Rolodex and create that library of answers because they're not going to be able to practice it all the time. They're not going to be able to present him every look, you know, uh, Wednesday through uh, Saturday for him to be prepared on, on Sunday. He's got to be able to know and communicate it, get everybody on the page. Hey, I may have called this in the huddle, but we're doing this right now because they're doing this. And everybody should be able to know and execute it. He's going to look back at this uh... – I'm going to say after this bye week, he's going to look back at that four-week period, like that month, and he's going to say, wow, this might have been the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, when I came here, all we did was run. All we did was throw the football at Florida. I didn't know how to play the run at all. I get here. Greg Bloss is here. I gain a ton of weight. They teach me how to play the run because that's what we had to do. Lovey comes. I lose the weight. Now I know how to play the run. Well, all I did was rush the quarterback all my life. So now it kind of made me a more complete player. You look at what Trubisky has done. So he goes up to Baltimore, sees this team that'll run cover zero, that blitz from everywhere, all right? He comes back, so that's a 3-4. Then he comes back and he sees Carolina, the, the, it is the cover two team, right? Like, that's what they're going to run. 
you know it. It's a 4-3. That's what they're going to run. Then you get into, you see a hybrid type of defense in the Saints that they might come out in 4-3. They might come out in 3-4. And now you go into your bye week. Now you can go back and look at all that stuff and learn from it. So I expect them to be even better coming out of the bye week because now there will be some new things for him. But nothing's going to really surprise him, in my opinion. I think he'll have an idea about stuff, and that's all you want. All you want is to be able to narrow things down from having eight things go through your head to one or two or two or three things, and you're like, okay, so as soon as you see something, now you know exactly what it is. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the short yardage situations late in the game and ask a pertinent question. Not where's Waldo, but where's Howard? That's next on the Under Center Podcast. Every Monday after game day, join Mark Shanowski and Dan Jiggets for Bears Recap, presented by United Airlines, with highlights, player interviews, and an inside look at John Fox's press conference. Mondays at 4.30 on NBC Sports Chicago. Welcome back in to the Under Center Podcast. Lawrence Holmes, Jim Miller, Alex Brown breaking it down. Now, there were three plays late in the game where we were all kind of looking around going, where's Jordan Howard? Mm -hmm. And this was after the drop what could have been a touchdown for him. There still hasn't been any word in the postgame. There wasn't any real word about him being injured. I'm curious about some of the choices. Do you think that it may have been injury related or was it personnel related why Howard wasn't out there towards the end? I got from John Fox's postgame that it was something injury related. Now, whether he tweaked something falling down on the drop pass because he should have probably had a touchdown pass, but he bobbled it, didn't catch it, and didn't haul it in, and then he wasn't in after because Tariq Cohen comes in in the, in the short, line, short yardage goal line uh, area, and to me, and Alex called for it in the green room, why isn't your big power back down there on first and goal where you just pound it in there? And then the series after that, it's the, it's the key series where you're driving down in a two-minute drive. They get in a third and one situation, Minimum, I'm thinking the Bears are who they are, pound the ball. If, who cares if it's two times in a row? If it's Jordan Howard on third and short and he's stuffed, or in fourth, and then if it becomes fourth and one, I'm trusting him to pound that to get a first down on that, uh, too. So, you know, I thought it was odd, and I think it is telling that probably something was wrong with Jordan Howard at that point in the game. Well, if it's not going to be Howard, then why not Benny Cunningham in that mm. situation? If you want your, your your bigger back to bang a yard for you. They were killing them on the 37 power. I, I could have cared less if it was uh, Cunningham. They were, and the the fact that they were having so, some success, I mean, they were three and a half yards of carry uh, with Jordan Howard. So he, he ran for over 100 yards. I don't know why. The only thing I can think of that maybe is to change the Saints personnel because they felt like they could maybe run better against a certain personnel. When you have Howard in the backfield, the Saints have a different personnel on the field right. as opposed to when you have Cohen in the backfield. Now they may go a nickel or something because they need a faster guy. You can't go base if you got him in there. So you go base when you got, uh, when you got Howard in there. If they wanted a different personnel for the Saints and they knew they were going to run it, but they felt like they could move that particular personnel, that is the only thing I can think of because for me, on the one-yard line, I'm going with what works. The one thing pops in my mind is the is, uh, Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. You go with what works. You run the football, one-yard line, if, if these guys stop us. It's first, and, it's first and goal. If these guys stop us four times in a row, they, they deserve it. 
and you're with my best back, my Pro Bowl yeah. running back and my offensive line, you deserve it. And even John Fox earlier this year, I think it was two weeks ago where he was probably running too much east and west. Not that Cohen didn't get the memo to go more north and south. You know, granted, he got the touchdown. He went over the top. But to me, getting a yard, I will trust Jordan Howard to get that yard every single time because that, that guy is hard to bring down. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking to see Zach Miller get hurt. It is yeah. horrible. A dislocated knee for him. Uh, they took him to the hospital after the game was over or during the game after his injury happened. It, it's it's when you see a, a teammate that's gone through some of the things that Zach Miller has gone through. Mm -hmm. What's your reaction? Uh, I feel for him, you know, because I know he obviously loves the game of football. You know, he's converted positions from a quarterback to a tight end, has has learned all the nuances and taken the time to become a really good player when he's healthy. And then you got a broken ankle, now a dislocated knee, um, and other injuries that he's come back from, uh, a shoulder. And they, they're, none of them are a, a one, you're missing one game. These are all, you're missing extended periods of time mm -hmm. where it's going to take a significant time to heal for you to even step back on the field. And we still don't even know how, how you're going to react. And he's overcome them all. This one probably is going to be the most difficult one to overcome. And, but I will say this, he's come back from every other one. And I wouldn't doubt if he comes back from this one, too, because he obviously loves football. You, you have a that, – that's two playmakers um, on offense that have what seems like the same thing is injury-prone, and that's Zach Miller, and then you look at Kevin White. Now, you can't keep going down this road. I mean, I played with a guy, and he's one hell of a player, Mike Brown. But for a period of time, every year, Mike Brown got hurt every single year. Now, what's brutal to say is – the the availability part mm -hmm. you're only as good as that I mean you you can be as talented as you want to be if you're not on the field then you don't help us you know now that's that's not to his fault or anything but the mm -hmm. fact still remains um, that can you be counted on and I think the Bears have to look at some have to look somewhere else for that position one because you don't know how he's gonna come back yeah you could he, he's gonna heal but how will he be as a player is he going to be the same, Zach? Is he going to be a step slower? Because a step, a step in the NFL, that, that sometimes that's all the difference. So, I mean, you have, to, you have to look at that. And then you got Kevin White who's going to be on the outside. And are you going to trust two guys to start on your offense with your young quarterback? Are you going to trust these two guys come next year? And I think the Bears have protected themselves because of Zach's injury history. You signed Deion Sims mm -hmm. for pretty good money. Granted, he's more the blocker. All we've heard is how athletic Shaheen is. Well, guess what? He's got to probably now move into the role of Zach Miller. More route running, more down the field catching, all the things that he was being taught or, or put upon us of what he'd be able to do. He's six foot six, 270 pounds, and runs pretty good. And, but we haven't seen anything to date, and you'd like to think he'd be a red zone presence. Mm -hmm. uh, we're about to find out because he's the next man up that needs to do it. Yeah, that's, that's two guys. That's yeah. two guys on offense that we talk about how big they are, how fast they are and they're not productive right. at all in Kevin White and Shaheem at this point. Yep. I've heard the, the concept of the injured player is kind of like a ghost in the locker room, that no one wants to be it's around true. them, that sort of thing. So yeah. how do you go about making sure if you're Zach, you want to be you're Zach's friend and you want to be a good teammate, how do you support him while understanding there's still a job that needs to be done throughout the season? It's not my, that's not my job. That's not, I mean, I, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk, uh, when I'm out, out of um, practice, I'm all out of the, 
out of the building. If he's in there and he's rehabbing, I walk by and I talk to him, okay, Zach is the one that has to understand that the job still needs to be done. I mean, you, you, you listen to Cal Long after the game. He's like, we'll move forward because you have to. Nobody's going to wait on you. Nobody's going to feel sorry for the Bears because Zach Miller got hurt because your top three receivers or whatever has gone down this year. Nobody's going to feel bad. You still got to move forward. There's still going to be a game to be played after this bye week, and you have to try to win. That's it. So Zach has to understand that, and I think he does. I mean, it's not the first time he's been hurt, so he understands it. When we come back, we need to talk about the bye week, and we need to talk about the Bears' defense. Alex's thoughts on the defense might surprise you. That's next on the Under Center Podcast. Join Mark Schanowski and Dan Jiggins for Bears Huddle, presented by Verizon. Preview the next opponent with in-depth player matchups for the upcoming game. Plus, hear from offensive coordinator Dow Loggins every Wednesday at 4.30 on NBC Sports Chicago. Welcome back to the Under Center Podcast. Lawrence Holmes, Jim Miller, Alex Brown. The Bears defense versus New Orleans. Saints only scored 20 points in this game. No passing touchdowns for Drew Brees in this game. Alex, how well did they play? Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 7.2. 7.2, uh, that's not, it's not great by any means. They didn't play like a top five or like they are, a top five defense in the league. They didn't play like that. They gave up almost 400 yards. They were 47% on third down, getting off the field. You got to get off the field. The only reason you're on the field for 31 minutes in a game it's because you're not getting off on third down. The only reason you give up almost 400 yards is because you're not getting off on third down. Big plays. Big plays. The, the late play to, to Ted Ginn. There's two guys there. Somebody got to come up with that play. There's a play uh, to Kamara on the sideline when uh, Leonard Floyd's on him. He's got to make that play. There's a these fuller are, extending a drive because of a penalty. Yes. These are, these are plays that they can be better at, and you give up 100 yards rushing. You got to be better there. There's a lot of places to get better. Did they do well against a good offense at their place? Yes, you did fine, but you didn't do enough to win. Uh, you have, you, if you got to score, you got to score. Get, if you don't score, get a turnover that puts your offense in position to score. Where was the special teams today? A lot of those guys play special teams. Where, where was the special teams? Um, except for the end. Except for the end. Well, that was, was a say, great do, play at the end. Do they get credit for turning Mark Ingram over a couple times in the fourth quarter? They do get credit for it. Yes, they get credit for it. Um, but you can't, you can't have some of the plays that happen late in the game. The Ted, the Ted Ginn play is the one that happened. With Eddie Jackson he was not double turning covered. around. He's double covered. There's two guys on him. Okay, Eddie Jackson, he loses it. What's the other guy doing? Being boxed out by Ted Ginn? Ted, Ted is what, 5'7"? <laughs> 100, 100 pounds? Like, come on. Like, we got to go make a play on that ball. Like, come on, man. Like, that's, that is what you have to do because that is a critical point in the game. So, anybody on this defense, this defense right here aspires to be great. They want to be great. I guarantee that they don't feel like they did a, they did a good enough job. You, we won the game uh, against, against Carolina. And you heard how Trubisky was talking. I guarantee the defense is talking the same way that they played fine, but we didn't do enough. We got to play. We got to play better. Trubisky, we won last uh, against Carolina, but all you heard him say was, "Gosh, I got to play better. I got to do better." He didn't throw it away. He didn't get called to throw the ball that much, but he still said he got to play better. This defense aspires to be great. They got to play better. 
How do you think they played, Jim? I, I like the way they played. You hold that offense to 20 points, you're doing something. I also thought they had the early first half turnover that got overturned. I thought that should have gone in the Bears' favor on Kamara. Um, I believe it was uh, Christian Jones got the swipe, and maybe it was uh, Goldman uh, that, that picked it up. But I definitely thought that was a fumble, so that went against them. Bottom line is they did get the other turnover, like you said, for the Bears to get the ball down eight. Now it's up to your offense to make a play, go down and, and tie up the game. And I thought twice they had opportunities to go down and do that, and that's because the Bears' defense forced uh, not only punched by Drew Brees, sacked him twice, and he's only been sacked five times going into this game. So I thought overall, from my standpoint as an offensive player, I know Alex's point of view, I view that if you hold New Orleans, I need on offense to get 23 or 21, whatever we got to do to get that, because that is an absolute win uh, to hold them to 20 Amos points. picks up that fumble. Amos yeah. recovered that fumble. That's right. Don't let Drew Brees tackle you. Drew Brees yeah. has, what, all of four tackles in his career? He's been playing 17 years. Don't let him tackle you. Yeah. You can't. You can't let him tackle. You have to go score with that ball. That's it. I mean, it's just, yes, it is hard. Yes, it is asking a lot. But you're trying to beat, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. That is the goal. You want to win a Super Bowl? No team has been to the Super Bowl in Chicago, but I having a great defense. You got to be great. Let's be great. Let's talk bye week, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. What's important for the Bears to get accomplished during the bye week? Um, obviously, the guys who are beat up need to get healthy, whether it's Kyle Long, Cody Whitehair, the guys that are got the bumps and bruises and all that. From an offensive perspective, because they've got some new guys coming in, when you look at Dontrell uh, Inman, who they worked the trade with, uh, you know, to acquire him from the Chargers. If I'm Mitchell Trubisky, I want to be in there working with some guys. I really want to work on my mistakes, maybe go over the video of the past, uh, of the past month's games, learn the things of the, uh, the defenses and the calls and the coverages that have been run. But you now know that Inman is going to be a part of this offense moving forward, and one of those tight ends that we mentioned is going to step up, whether it's Deion Sims or it's Shaheen, uh, because of the injury to, to Zach Miller. Those guys are going to be critical pieces. So Mitchell Trubisky needs to get to work with these guys if he wants to be successful coming out of the bye week. Yes, all you're going to hear on defense is the offense, and you're going to hear about how Trubisky and these guys need to go ahead and pick it up, and they need to um, come together over the bye week. The defense needs to do the same. Defense has to do the same. You've got to keep tightening the screws because there's no room for error. There's no room for two 30-plus-yard plays on the field. There's no room for giving up 100 yards rushing. There's no room for it. You, you can't have these mistakes. Your, your team isn't good enough just yet or explosive enough to win games like this. You have to be solid, like play in and play out. And if you're not, then you, you stand a chance of losing. So I think everybody needs to tighten up. Nobody. If, if you're going to take a break, don't, don't take too long. Go a couple of days and come back because this is what you do. This is your job. There's no school. There's nothing else. This is what it is. So if you want to be great. I would imagine that even at three and five with the Bears taking a bye, that knowing that you're coming back off the bye to take on Green Bay mm -hmm. adds a little to that work that you're going to do for the bye week. Uh, I hope so. It, it, like Alex said, it used to be a time where you were in pads on the bye week. A lot of mm -hmm. times coaches are giving guys time off. Use your time wisely. There are There's plenty of things that need to get done on the field. Maybe you can take the the self-initiative to, to go out there and work wait, on those Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. They're, they're not, they don't have pads on anymore in the bye that, week? That, that's right. 
Man, oh my! They better be. Dave just walked in and, and is rolling, rolling even before he gets to his grave. When he hears that, he's rolling his eyes. Days off. Days off. What is that? Three and five. We got to go to work. For Dave Wanstead, for Jim Miller, for Alex Brown, I'm Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the Under Center podcast. When we're not here. J.J. Stankovitz is holding the podcast down. Him with, and John Moon Mullen do a great job. We are going to take a bye. We're going to watch film, but we're going to take a bye, and we'll be back at you for week nine against the Packers. Thanks for listening. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.